Welcome back to BibleTuddy.net, Bible study without the bologna sandwich. We're going to finish up our uh, our series on uh, taking a closer look at 1 John 1.9. And so we talked about what it looked like to be out of fellowship in our last uh, session. And so now we're going to take a look at uh, an even closer look at what it means to be in fellowship as described in 1 John 1.9. So, I mean, what we see is you know, this first John 1 9 passage is is pretty uh pretty uh fascinating actually and pretty amazing when you when you realize that this passage uh, is generally used to teach us to perpetually feel bad for our sins and uh constantly be guilty towards God and asking him for forgiveness and trying to cleanse ourselves uh on a regular basis to to give ourselves more uh, more righteousness, more good standing with God so that we can stay in fellowship with him and not be out of fellowship. Um, you know, when, when we realize that that's not what it's about, the, the passage actually has a whole new meaning and it's actually a, a wonderful chapter. You know, the chapter of first John leading up to first John one, nine. And so, uh, you know, we'll start out by reading it again, just so everybody you know, by the end of this series, you're going to you're going to know this passage well. And then uh, and that's a good thing. And you're going to know what it means. Um, so first John chapter one um, starts out that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched this. We proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is a message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So according to verse 1-7, what happens when we walk in the light? And in verse 170 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So when we walk in the light, we're purified. We have fellowship. And so how much of our sin is purified if we walk in the light? All of it. All of it. He purifies us from all sin. All of it. And it's not just, you know, up to that point, and then you got to keep track after that. It's it's all of it. He would He would certainly specify if he meant right now and then from there on out. You better be held accountable because Jesus is still alive and watching you, you know. He would have said that, but he didn't say that. He said all of it. And, he said, and so according to verse 1-9, what happens when we confess? What happens when we admit to God that we're sinners? I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. What, what happens? He forgives us 
and purifies us from all unrighteousness. And there again, how much unrighteousness? All of it. All of it. All of it. Not just starting when you become a Christian. It's it's before and after you become a Christian. <laughs> actually, actually, it's not before. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's incorrect. It's it's after you become a Christian, you're purified from all of it. And, and what you see out in religion, what's popular is that once you become a Christian, you're held to a higher standard and a higher law. That now you now you have to now you have to you know journal and monitor and. Uh, analyze yourself before you take communion and and they've turned communion into this terrible thing where you're like mournfully you know telling god about how bad you were before you received the communion which was actually supposed to be a celebration of christ they turned a celebration into this mournful sobbing fest or you know some people in the audience are even crying because of the sin in their life and uh, but but what we have here is the opposite. This is a beautiful message. As soon as you become a Christian, you've been purified of all unrighteousness. And in other passages, that uh, he tells us that uh, God takes our unrighteousness and gives us the righteousness of Christ in exchange. I mean, what an exchange that is! <laughs> That's amazing. And so, how much sin is left? How much sin is left to be forgiven after this? How much of our unrighteousness is purified at this time? I mean, this is this is crazy. It's 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 all taken care of, isn't it? So how would how would we go back into the darkness after being fully purified, forgiven, and brought into the light? How could we go back into the darkness? Start just believing. Exactly. Unbelief would be the only way to be in darkness. But once we believe, we can't go back into the darkness. It's it's permanent. We have eternal security. And, uh, you know, we've we've uh, we've done some videos on that and uh, we have plenty more to come on eternal security because it's such a great topic. You know, it, once we're in the light, we're in the light. There's no darkness in God at all. Um, so. Is is 1 John 1 9 teaching the audience the need to realize sin in order to be saved? And yeah, that's what we were talking about. We need to realize it. We need to, we need to admit it and understand it from God's perspective. And that's how we get salvation. That's how we're born again, is when God opens our eyes and we see the, you know, the horrifying sin that the law has produced and that rules and regulations produced and and uh, we wake up and like, wow, I, I need a savior. But God, you know, God has to call on us to, for us to see that. Um, can, a, can a person be born again if they don't agree with God? We, we talked about this on the last one. You, you can't. You have, to, you have to understand your sin. So does 1 John 1, 9 say to ask for forgiveness or to confess your sin to God? And is confession the same as admitting? So the answer is that he does not say to ask, and we we talked about this on the on the second one too. But just to reiterate, just to make sure to drive the point home, you know, he's saying confess, and that's an admittance. That's to admit. And so, once you become a Christian, you've been cleansed, and God said, "I'm no longer going to remember your sins." Uh, you know, you you you've been made perfect forever. 
now uh now that i've made you holy and i'm going to continue to re renew your minds and make you uh, re uh continue to make you more upright you know do you would you want to remind god would you want to do you want to admit to god that you're a sinner anymore what would you be admitting to god if you admitted to him that you're a sinner in need of a savior <laughs> You'd be admitting that you don't believe. It's all that it's scripturally, from a scriptural vantage point. If you think that process through, you're admitting that you're not, you're not a believer. You're you're admitting that you don't have faith in the in the blood of Jesus Christ that cleansed you. You're kind of going back again to re, to repentance that you had in the first place. And how do you go back again? How many times was Jesus crucified for your sins? In Hebrews, he says he was crucified once for all. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And so there's no longer any need to continue to ask because we already have it. You know, we're asking for something we already have. You know, if if, if my wife uh, of uh, 20 years now has and one day asked me, like, are you going to get me a wedding ring? I would look at her like, are you, what do you mean? <laughs> I gave you a wedding ring. <laughs> It, wouldn't that be a little odd? And it's it's kind of the same scenario, except even more severe. You're asking a, a Christ who crucified a lot. He put himself under the cru crucifixion so, so that he could uh, cleanse us from all of our sins and then rose from the dead to give us new life. And we're going to ask him for forgiveness all over again and and go back to the cross instead of focusing on the life. You know, but what we what we really need uh, as Christians is to move on to the life of Christ and move on to grace and move on to to the the teachings of the Spirit that the the apostles taught and, and how to and how to live by the Spirit. And you know, in the, in the beginning, we may need to be helped along a little bit because there's so much. Uh, trash out there when it comes to doctrine, to be honest with you, you know, just lightly speaking, it's, there's just trash. It's not teaching you anything about life and what you need to do to live in Christ. And uh, bottom line, God is amazing. And uh, God's grace is amazing. And we, we want you to have it. So that, you know, when you look at first John one, nine, you know, Start questioning, start asking more questions, start, start digging in and finding out what is, you know, what is, what is my church building teaching about first John one nine, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to talk to my pastor about it and, and see wh why they're teaching me these things about uh, perpetually needing more forgiveness from God, when uh, the scripture clearly is not teaching us that from that passage. And, uh, you know, what scriptural testimony are they going to? Are they, are they going to the old covenant where David in Psalms uh, just was was crying out, wishing that he had what we have today, a full forgiveness, a full, perfect standing with God? He would prophecy about it. Uh, uh, he would he would have the, make these great prophecies and, and God, the, the spirit would come on to him temporarily and then it would leave again and he'd be left feeling guilty. But uh, the, but Hebrews teaches us if if uh, if those sacrifices that they made under the old covenant had uh, had cleansed their had actually cleaned them the way the blood of Christ does with us that they have no longer felt guilty for their sins and he's talking about towards God the scripture wouldn't say something so silly like oh we're no longer going to feel bad we can 
beat each other up, smack each other around, and oh, I don't feel anything. I feel good about it. That's not what they're saying. They're talking about towards God. We're talking about standing before a holy God in perfection and uh, all of all of the glory. We're, we're seated at the, at the right hand with Christ, according to scripture. I mean, we are in heavenly places now. We need to go beyond the forgiveness issue and look further into this grace thing, this uh, life in Christ that we have so that we can really enjoy our relationship with Christ. And, you know, if that if that means walking away from what is mainstream and normal to us, sometimes that's just what you got to do, you know, but you got to do what you have to do. You know, I, I there's there's no perfect answer. You know, my pastor is teaching it all wrong. I, I'm under legalism. Uh, what do I do? Well, you know, you you gotta you gotta pray about that because we we live in a world of spiritually terrible teachings. If you want to uh, if you want to live life in the spirit, you gotta move on. And you're you're if you're not gaining anything, if you're not learning anything where you're at, then go somewhere else. Uh, you know, and we welcome you here. You know, you want to study with us. Come study with us. You can come study with us, and you know we have links right here uh, on our on our YouTube page. You know you can go to our website, reach out to us, uh, and reach out to us in the comments section for that matter. You know uh, we're we're here, and uh, we'd love to to help out. If you guys have any questions out there, feel free you know to to say something in the comments or reach out to us on our website at ibletuddy.net. Um, Meanwhile, you know, if you like what we're saying, subscribe by all means and, and share this with some people because it just helps support our mission. You know, that's we're not we're not asking for anything in, in return other other than uh, just, you know, pass on the good word, please. It's 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 good news. People deserve it. So uh, we're going to we're going to end this one. I think we uh, covered everything with first John one nine exhaustively. Really, we went through that whole chapter first part of the chapter three times now. And uh, if anybody's still getting hung up on that passage, you know, reach out to me and, you know, we can, we can make a conversation out of it and really dig in. Cause I know in the beginning it's, it's tough when God's just starting to open our eyes to these things. It's, you can get really hung up on what you've been taught and it's hard to let that go. Uh, we just, you know, got to clear our minds of that stuff and look at it with fresh eyes and see what God's telling us in this scripture. And so I hope this has helped. And uh, thank you for being on ibletuddy.net and I uh, hope you join us for some more soon. And we, we're having a blast and and uh, hope to have you guys on and enjoying the videos as much as we are because we're getting just as much out of it. Thank you.